that see everybody here this morning. We've got a pretty good turnout. We've got two tables over here, so be thinking about who we might have in, in, in September. We're going to try and meet with the Sunday school class. Do we have any Sunday school class uh, officers in the, in the room this morning? All right, Barney, I see Barney. Great. I'm going to try and be at that meeting, and my goal is to get someone from every Sunday school class, and if it's an all-women's class, to get one of their husbands to actually come to a men's breakfast because um, we have uh, an opportunity here, I think, to get to know a lot more people in the church. And um, so I'm going to try to attend that meeting. I think it's the 21st. Anybody know when that meeting is? Tuesday the 20th. All right, that sounds, I know it's a Tuesday, that sounds right to me. So I'm going to try and be there, and I'd really like for at least one person from every Sunday school class to have attended a men's breakfast, and that way we get to know them a little bit better, and we'll we'll do the Sunday school class uh, um, name game that we tried to do uh, a month or so ago. Um, I'm going to do announcements, and I think Rusty's going to speak to us about D.A.R.E. at the end, um, but I'd like to take just a minute to uh, introduce our speaker. I'm trying to remember the first time I met John. It must have been at choir, but it might have been at the Michael O'Neill Singers activity of some line. And I thought, this is the best dressed guy I have ever met. <laughs> the only time I've ever seen him without a coat and tie is when that's the costume that he's wearing. And so I, you know, if you see me in a tie, it means, you know, money's changing hands or someone's getting married. That's still money changing hands. And someone's passed away. That's still someone. Anyway, the, uh, you don't see me in a tie very often, but I always look at John and I always look at what tie he is wearing. And it, it reminds me that the way he looks and the way he presents himself is very important. Um, and I got to know him as in the, in the tenor section of the choir over the years. And so I, you know, really pursued him to speak this morning because of what has been going on for the last month. Um, you're going to hear a little bit about acting up. We've got a couple, if you're on the cast or have volunteered for acting up, raise your hand. I want to see if we got almost somebody at every table. Great. Talk to these folks because if you came to the show, and I hope many of you did, or if you heard about the show, which I hope all of you did, it is a tremendous way to get people onto this campus. That's the front part that you see. It's also an incredible fellowship for the people who are in the cast. Um, my wife and daughter were in the cast this year, and it was a great time for them to spend together. And all the stories I hear secondhand just show me what an amazing group of people. They get together, they work incredible hours, and you get to know people under those conditions. And so... Um, John has always been on my radar, though, as the best-dressed tenor. And so we've got several other tenors this morning. I don't want you to look at them next to each other. They're dressed very differently. But <laughs> without any further ado, um, there, was, there was one other little contest. I, we weren't certain if John was the oldest uh, person on the cast, for, for life, given that Jacob was supposed to be, Bob, help me out here. How old was Jacob supposed to have been? You don't know? 147. I think John's looking remarkable for 147. <laughs> so without further ado, let me introduce you to John Morello, and let's hear a little bit about what God's been doing with him. He's a hard act to follow. Thank you, Eric. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Eric, when he says he's pursued me, he's just asked me a few times, and I actually thought this was the third Thursday of the month, and when he called me Tuesday, so I said, well, I'll, I'll do it. I've got two and a half weeks, right? He said, no, 
got two days. So. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's uh, it's it's unique to uh, to be here. And I told when Eric told me, he said, "Just tell your story, tell a little bit about yourself." I said. That's liable to put people to sleep. And then I got to thinking, if you get up this early, half of you are going to be asleep anyway. So. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're here, and uh, it's a privilege to be here. I, um, I guess I can begin with uh, my parents. My, my parents came from Italy into Ellis Island. My father was four. My mother was five. They didn't come together. They were on different ships in a different year. And... Um, my father, um, his name was Giovanni Giuseppe Marula, senior. <laughs> and they changed the last name to Marullo. And uh, so I uh, started life. It's actually on my list, Giovanni Giuseppe Marullo. And I don't know why he did that, junior. I don't know why he did that, because I thought as I grew older, that, that sounds like a name you'd find on a perfume counter at Macy's, Giovanni Giuseppe. So, uh, but nevertheless, um, they, uh, they met and married in Jacksonville. Um, it was uh, a unique time in, uh, in his life. He had five sisters and two brothers. I didn't mention we were Catholic. And uh, he was the oldest, I, in his family. And he never really had much because he provided for his siblings. My mother never uh, never had a driver's license. She worked in the home. Fantastic thing I know about cooking. But uh, I got thinking about that that name, and why would anybody do that? But uh, it, it reminded me of a story of the um, the Cathedral of Notre Dame had a bell ringer that rang the bells there for 50-plus years. He uh, eventually passed away on Senior Nolan was uh, charged with the task of placing. So the word went out and several, and they would ring the bell. And uh, Monsignor Nolan couldn't find one that, that had the quality. A couple of days went by and was slight. He applied to the tower and Monsignor Nolan said, you, you possibly have the strength to, to ring the bell that way. Says, let me try. So without hesitation, he jumped and grabbed the rope in his teeth. And he began to slam his cheeks and his forehead and his chin against the bell. And the tones and the, the, the bell, the most beautiful thing, you already heard, the most beautiful thing that he had, uh, that Monsignor Nolan had ever heard. And so the, the young man continued to ring the bell crowd. Well, he, he was about five minutes into it and he lost his grip. And he fell from the bell tower down to the steps. And Monsignor Nolan ran down the steps and ran out on area where he had fallen and the police were questioning people and they does anybody this man Monsignor Nolan's I don't know his name but his face shrinks to go <laughs> so after that it's got to go up from here I didn't realize I'd know as many people I thought I could just do this in anonymity and walk out <laughs> but anyway uh, I um I was very, very fortunate. My, my father taught me just a few things in, in life that, that weren't the every. He he taught me and said to me, always have unconditional love for God, conditional family, and unconditional for your. He'd add to be here. He never spoke Italian. He learned English. My sibling. So uh, my journey in Jacksonville went from from. Uh, parochial school, and my dad had the tuition. 
I moved around from school to school. I can name about Dean schools in Jacksonville. Um, to um, high school at Bishop Kinney, right there, and then on to the University of Alabama. <laughs> so that concludes the day. The University of Alabama, where I graduated uh, early on in the 60s. Uh, we were talking about about the old in the cast. Uh, I was I was born seven months after the attack on Pearl Harbor, so I'm 70. You were, the, but I, I'm the oldest in, in the cast of Joseph. That's why I was cast a few years younger than Joseph, uh, uh, Jacob. Uh, but the um, I, in 1966, one of the best things that ever happened to me, Terry, and we married this November of 50. It's a blessing. Had five children. We now have three of whom are married, and they too are blessing the children. I know grandparents talk to very for those kinds of things that work their way into some family. So uh, I went to work out of Alabama for Haskins and Sell in Jackson. It was one of the big eight back then. They've all merged now. But um, Haskins and Sells was, uh, I could see where I would be three months and eight to ten years. And I had planned to, to go ahead into practice on account of 1770. But... Um, uh, a little bit of a curveball was sent my way, and I wound up in Southeast Asia for 536 between two. And that was uh, what that was to be, was uh, challenging, an opportunity. That eventually, I saw some. I, uh, I flew UH-1 Hueys, and that was, uh, that was something that, you know, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I remember one particular person, because you, you try not to look at what the medic were loading into the Huey, um, but I remember one particular person I had moved over to help get literary. He had been wounded, and uh, I went to visit him this unit. His name was David Lizenby from Opalaka, and uh, got back home uh, July the 6th, introduced a whole new uh, way of life, and it was a, it was a difficult, <clears throat> but every Christmas, beginning with that in 69, I'd get a card from Lizenby. Uh, he was disabled. And so every Christmas, every Christmas until until 2017, and I would, we never really talked yet. He passed away. His wife told us about it. But uh, <clears throat> moving through that and then uh, up to Atlanta, back when they said uh, <laughs> three of my five children thought that orange barrels belonged on interstate. So that's all they'd ever seen. So, so uh, but um, um, the um, the focus of, of my life really has been family. God taught me. The the first real family experience, apart from my own, was uh, was church. And I remember in 1960, shared this with the choir weeks ago. I signed up for the devotional. I thought it was an ice cream social, and it turned out to be devotional, so I had, <laughs> had to speak. But um, I went to a church on an invitation, and I heard a song. I only remember verse of tune sing for it. But um, it went like this. And, and I was having some but, um, I traveled down and no one seen the burden on my I oft complained to you how folks were treating. And then I heard him say, so tender, my feet were also upon the cross. Have patient and faith like kingdom. Take up thy cross. And I remember yesterday too. So church became and uh, the the second family that, that was uh, the business that I really with some wonderful folks that um, would come and go, uh, some interns that are 
proms. So. <laughs> um, but the bottom line was that that they were family. I'm I'm a person. Some of the some of the parties at the choir not go. We just feel comfortable when I know them. But we would have some games uh, business, and, and they were meetings that you learned was uh, that was uh, the the next family was uh, unique. In 2012, I uh, lost a balance. wasn't feeling all that uh, well, and uh, a doctor in his practice uh, recommended I go see my colleague off to Georgia Cancer Specialist, and was seen by Doctor Vadim Jolly. A name like that to have some faith, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Jolly. So uh, I went through a battery of tests, biopsy, and so forth, and I was leukemia, and I felt good. And over a period of a few weeks, it not be terminal. Um, and we shared that was a concern. And what brought that into, into focus and in a way that I could um, relate how humor would play. Our then five-year-old granddaughters, <coughs> she asked our daughter, is Grandma sick or just old? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, that's, that's how we have to fight this. Um, and we, we went along, and uh, I've, uh, I've never been in remission, but I've had times and then in 2017, Dr. Jolly anemia, which is a unique form of, of anemia that is about 40% of the cases. He told me, he says, only 800 people contract this in a year. A million go out of the lottery. <laughs> but it's a bone marrow disease, and uh, leukemia and the aplastic, they work. It. So it's a, it's a, I feel good. I really feel good when that next part of this, uh, this church, wonderful care of many of and you know the first four years I me and finally and and Morris why don't you let us tell the choir about that to pray it dawned on me that a lot of power I said yes we came I'm still there today I can't I can't put in the we uh, we pray for each other there's there's been some some nice away I guess I came in and at the invitation of Michael O'Neill I, I had auditioned for thought this will never he uh, I was invited to join MOS I and done a little bit of musical college. But anyway, so uh, that choir family, that family, big, so. and the MOS family is another spinoff. I don't know as many of them I give them, but nevertheless, uh, they had, and Michael, we share a lot. We haven't, but anyway, um, and then, uh, gosh, I guess it was seven or eight years ago, Acting Up came on the scene. I had done a show of six years prior to the Actor Express. That group went south and started doing wild things. And I hadn't done much. So anyway, I auditioned for Godspell. I had no idea. I had seen them. Well, they uh, put me in a pair of shorts, um, a T-shirt with a tie, and a tuxedo. <laughs> and you're on stage for the entire production. It was, uh, it was an introduction. That part, my family, has really a funny... I've done all but a couple. Of, I remember each one. There's um, every director at the end of the run I showed in some form or fashion. They, this is the last time this group of people all may do some things together. This group, all ages. I played um, Jacob to a Joseph that was 6'4". <laughs> Extraordinary young man. His 16th birthday was second or third show, Noah. And uh, all, all ages. Uh, this gentleman, this youngster, he was in the show. But all of that to say that my journey blessed with family first. So that is my journey. There are people who uh, are silent witnesses in our life that 
we don't we don't often see with the iceberg underneath the water. You see what's on top. You see what you know floats. Your- if you came to the show this uh, this last week, you saw the very tip of an iceberg that started for some people early this year, but started for that cast middle of May every weekend building sets, and it climaxes with what's now five shows in four days. Strains the endurance of young and old and anybody, no matter how much energy. And then this crazy thing is once the the crowd finally leaves on Saturday, on Sunday, you know when the crowd starts to thin out because you start to hear the, the drills come out because it's time to take apart the set. So the show ended about 6 o'clock. And for the next three or so hours, we tried to turn the stage back into the fellowship hall and the green room back into the parlor. I took some pictures over the weekend. And you just, if, if you've ever seen a teenager's room and you're like, how could, well, this was a room when, when we moved in. And now look at what the, the green room to, to the parlor is a, just an incredible thing because you've got 30 or 40 people trying to change clothes. I think Cammie told me there were five clothes changes she had to do in the first act. And it's just an incredible amount of stuff. When John talks about family, you can tell that is, uh, when I first met him, I, Ty and Ty, I just, you know, you know, he's in the family business. I just, I wanted, I wanted to hear him say something out of, you know, uh, a, a movie that, that had uh, deep Italian roots in it, you know. And, but as I've gotten to know him, um, he's a pilot and, and I'm, I'm a pilot wannabe. And so anytime I get to talk to another pilot who's been there, done that, you learn so much. But I'll tell you what I've learned from him that sticks with me every week. You know, I look down the row, and he is totally present when he is singing. He sings every worship service with total presence. And I see him relish life in a way that is profound. And I wanted you to glimpse a little bit of that this morning. Um, I'm sure there's, he never explained how his children and his grandchildren, blonde runs in their family. I've seen pictures on Facebook, and I'm like, "What? it's like they're all models. I mean, he has a beautiful family. Like, magazines don't have people this beautiful. So when he says he has a beautiful family, he doesn't just mean um, personal interior beauty. They really are a beautiful family. And so it's amazing. It comes from their mother, right? <laughs> and so, you know, John will hang around and, and talk, be happy to talk to you about any of his, any of his families. Um, it is just incredible to me to see what Acting Up did. So today's, you know, money that we collected, we're going to donate to, to Acting Up. They are a tremendous ministry on this campus to both bring new people to this campus and to build a fellowship you know, that goes, the, the cast is, they're really like a, a new family and they see and do for one another, um, you know, not just when shows are going on. It is just really an astonishing thing to, to watch. And so uh, I'm grateful that he would be willing to come up here and uh, give us a little glimpse into how he ended up at, at Roswell United Methodist Church because uh, I am so glad that he is here. Um, Rusty, do you want to come update us on Dare? So uh, it was good to hear from John uh, and it made me think, you know, uh, Roswell, RUMC, I think at its core is, is a family impact church, right? That's where it really, really centers its work. And, uh, DARE is doing the, the same thing. It's affecting family. So I got a good update real quick, which is the folks we went down and did their house. Um, that was really kind of, if you remember, it was a really long haul, eight and a half months and 150 square foot 
trailer with a, a, a you know a upper 70s disabled wife, 84 year old man. Well, the uh, just 10 days later they came out, got the final inspection, and then one hour later the power truck showed up, which was supposed to come 30 days later, and uh, hooked up the power. And so uh, they've got some carpet delay that they're doing now, but they're back in their house. So that was really good news. We're real excited about it. You don't always get to see the whole cycle. Um, we had a DARE leaders uh, meeting. We've had some really good response, and it's beginning to really stand up. So uh, good news there. We've got um, the CUC uh, headed by Roger Davis and some of the cohorts are uh, have become the sending unit so to speak they're on the ground here getting us ready getting everybody ready to go and know what they have etc then richard lowenthal uh we're in church so i guess i'd say uh, had a burn in his saddle um but he's been really active <laughs> richard and kim lowenthal and a couple of them and they're the the sending unit so we got the sending group down there etc so the end story of that is we have at least one mission team going in September. We had a second volunteer leader that wants to put together a team. So we'll probably have two teams in September, one in October, one in November, one in December, and one in January already set. And uh, the, all those teams aren't full, so you can still talk to some um, younger folks about them wanting to join those teams. <laughs> no, talk to your friends and stuff about joining those teams. So, And then we'll start setting February, March. And I think we're just a few cycles away from just having a 12-month ministry where we'll spend all 12 months. And uh, I think the Lord will tell us when there's no need left, right, which will be a little while from now. So that's my good update. Thanks, church, for responding. The place that you can still serve, if you want to go, obviously go. If you don't want to go, the two things you can do is tell your kids and your grandkids that you don't want another tie. Except John. I mean, that's all, that's all the time. <laughs> you don't want another tie. You don't want a shirt to return. You want them to go on a mission trip. That's all you want them to do for you. It's just you want them to go on a mission trip. Church is waiting on them. And then obviously you can be part of the sending team. Pray. There are certain things. Bobby can make a cake for every one of the people we're going to. I've already hit him up for that. And so you could, there's ways to help. Okay? Thanks. Hey, Thanks, Jeff. So we're going to have a men's breakfast Labor Day week. I hope that doesn't interfere with a bunch of vacations, but that's what we're going to aim for. Um, uh, July ended up being a very short month because of uh, we, we met on the, uh, the 11th instead of the 4th. Um, do we have any birthdays today this week that you want to acknowledge? I think that's a good tradition to do that. Anybody want to uh, throw somebody under the bus and say it was their birthday? All right, be on the lookout. My wife and daughter both have birthdays in September, but uh, they get upset when I remind them of that. And, but I have an anniversary to make up with it, so that's all, all September for me. Um, any other announcements that you want to do? I know Sunday school classes will be electing new officers, and school's going to kick off. I think some schools started, started back today. Can you? Anyway, that's, that's hard to believe. Um, John, you want to come pray us out of here? Absolutely. Thank you. Pray with you. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for blessings, great and small. We thank you for family, families that are our own personal families and those families that come through our lives and all the blessings they We thank you for this church, these people, these men that go above and beyond their duty. Word is spread. Go with us now. Keep us safe. Amen. Amen.